Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Little Green Pasture. Praise the Lord. Praise the living God, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Let the high praises of God be in our mouth and a two-edged sword in our hand to declare the judgments of the Lord and his just justice. Amen. Justice and judgment are the foundation of his throne. And that word means so much more to me now than ever in light of where we are in prophetic history. And I just want to share with you some things that I believe after two days of praying and waiting on the Lord, that it just came like a torrent of water in my soul. And I just praise the Lord because he is so faithful. You know, would you really ask him to show you something? You know, I have learned from the Lord, you know, in my earlier days of looking for a text, I learned to let the, you know, to choose a text for something I was going to learn. Now I let the text choose me. And I love it that way, right? Seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness, then all those things will be added unto you. So before I get started, I am going to pray and and bless the Lord in this message, these living waters that belong just to him, meant for you. Dear Father in heaven, it is with great and supreme joy and yet humble honor that Lord this little blade of grass, me, can reflect your glory. And I pray that the light shine in the face of Jesus Christ upon this message, upon all those that are thirsty, upon all those that are hungry. Lord, I pray that you will empower this message, that you will be exalted in this message that your name will be magnified and glorified in it. And be with me, Lord, as I, an imperfect vessel, a little riverbed, Lord, that your spirit will have free course in me. Your word would have free course in me. And that, Lord, you would flood this little riverbed with your living waters. Direct me. Lead me, be with my mouth as you were with the mouth of Moses, and I will follow you because I love you, O oh, chief shepherd of the sheep. Thank you for the joy and the crown. Amen. 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 You know, for the last uh, couple of days, I just felt such a weight, a heaviness. And, and I was, you know, I felt humanly tired. Come on, we all get tired. Not everything is the enemy. But I want to talk directly to you today about the fight of our lives. I may even title it, I don't have a title for it yet, but I may title it the fight of our lives. And what that really means to us today. This isn't 1950. This isn't 1970 or 80. This is here today, now, 2022, the end of 2022, going to 2023. 
And if you're looking at the news like I am, and I do stay in the news and I watch it, but I don't let it become entertainment to me. I watch it because I'm keeping my eyes on the prophecy skyline. So I look and I see what's going on. And we're called to look and see. I mean, listen, when you read the Bible, God always says to his people, son of man, what do you see? It's about what we are seeing. And really, in the spiritual world, as believers in Christ, being born again in the regeneration, our eyes are open spiritually because we've been made alive in the spirit. We've been, we passed from death into life. We have the eternal stamp, the down, the earnest, the down payment of the Holy Spirit within us. And so today I woke up and I felt such a heaviness. And I had to spend a long time in prayer. But let me tell you something. After two days of that, I was spring loaded. I got up and please understand, I'm talking about myself, but only for the purpose to speak to you as a springboard. I make myself nothing. I'm little in my own eyes. I know what I am. I totally know what I'm not. But just so that you know it, okay? Because sometimes I do have to express myself. Maybe the same way I express myself to Jesus, where I have to go, Lord, I got to pray for myself. Before I can pray for anybody, I need to pray for myself. Amen. And you should be doing that too. So um, I want to talk to you today about the fight of your life, like I just said. You know, the things I'm looking at. Look at everybody. Look at how ten, uh, tens of thousands of people are dying suddenly. Look at the drought. It's it's even worse than it was a month ago. And there's no end inside of that. I looked at the picture of the Mississippi River. 2,000 barges are stuck on that. And now they're dredging the river to try to force barges to get through. And all the food on it is rotting. Uh, I read an article the other day, a couple days ago, that said, and it was a legit article because I checked it out that there's only enough diesel left for 25 days. I was like, well, what does that mean? And it went into it. It was an excellent article. I mean, for information purposes only, because, you know, we all think, well, why can't we just make diesel? Well, it goes into why we cannot. And on top of that, look at our power grid. It's so fragile right now. An EMP very well could happen, especially when we're looking at what's happening with Russia and China and the forces that are gathering. I heard that we just sent a huge number, I think it was 80,000 troops over into a region in Europe. I should have it in front of me, but I don't want to make it about articles. I'm just, I'm just collectively um, putting it out there to you. Look at what's happening. There's not going to be any food left. All the fertilizer plants have been burned down. I mean, then of course we can go over to Europe. I mean, they're, they're collapsing as we speak. Farms are shut down. We're looking at millions. I said collectively between the United States and Europe, a hundred million fowl have been called. And now there's this blue bird flu virus that's now in our area. Well, of course, we have farms in the area. And that means anybody who's living in a rural, a rural area, they're not even going to be allowed to have chickens because the county will make them call their chickens. 
Not to mention, look what's happening in Europe. They're cutting down all the forests because they're not going to have any heat. Now, I'm not going to keep going on and on with that, but I want to talk about this period that we are entering into. And I had to fight this morning, but I'm free now. Praise the Lord. But you see, I've been a fighter my whole life. Now, I didn't know I'd be a fighter. I didn't know that one day I'd have to fight on all sides to stay alive and all that. I'm no hero. I'm not buffing my fingernails on my chest. I'm just telling you how it is. And you know why God did that and why he did that with you for now? Because what is coming next year, you're going to be faced. We are going to be faced with a very, with very serious plural threats to our existence. Now, right now, people are shopping. They're doing their thing. But I'll tell you something from what I'm understanding that next year, it's not going to be what it is today. You know, a friend of mine named Jan, she had a dream and she sent this dream to me. She had two dreams in October. I'm going to try to remember them the best I can. I know you're listening, Jan, and I don't have it in front of me, but I'll do the best I can. One of it, one of, one was October 8th, and she said, I had this dream that um, I was with my my daughter, and all of a sudden we saw these large shells, you know, the big shells, shooting, you know, she lives in a big city, and they were shooting into the city in Northern California, and they were running for their life, and there were young boys running, trying to catch the missile like they just didn't get it. And she's yelling to her daughter, run, run. They're trying to hide themselves. Then she has one, I believe it was the 15th. And she said, in this dream, her and her daughter were at a Christmas party. And they, she said, I felt so uncomfortable in this party. Like I didn't want to be there. And there were certain people that were saying things like, there was one person that said, um, that they, gosh, I should probably find it. I just don't want to use up all that time. Um, let me see if I can. Just let me see if I can pull it up because I think this is an important dream and I just don't want to try to wing it. So thanks, you guys. <laughs> let me get over to my drafts because I saved it in draft. Um, so let me see. Um, oh, here it is. Okay, so here's her dream from October 8th, she said, I was with one of my daughters walking down the street when a bullet looking missile flew by at high speed just a few feet over my head. Any seven or eight year old young boys, no, I think she says seven or eight young boys, about 10 years old, were laughing and running after it. I started screaming, stop, run, run. My daughter and I started running opposite the bomb as fast as we could. I kept screaming to people, run, run. There were a couple of little children in harm's way, so I scooped them up and kept running. The bomb exploded and people began screaming. I woke up. She said, I know that not all dreams have prophetic significance, but I just thought I would share this with you. Jan, that has straight up prophetic significance in light of what's happening. And this is her next dream. I don't have off dreams like this often, 
but this is the third in a short time period. I dreamed this last night. A very large group of people were gathered together for a Christmas celebration. Some I knew, others I did not. I didn't feel comfortable there at all. The bathrooms ran out of toilet paper. Some people were saying they can't get their prescriptions. One was just in a car accident on her way there and her daughter died. Others said they couldn't come because there was no gas. The people there had all brought just small amounts of food and we didn't think it would feed everyone at all. A panic rippled through everyone and they started leaving in a panic. Some said there wasn't much time left to take care of things, so they had to leave. Pretty soon, most everyone had left. I looked at my family and said, why are we still here? We need to leave. But we weren't panicked. We just looked around and we were wondering. You know, when I when I see that, what she said here, we're looking at an economic collapse. And she's saying this is in December. Now, she's not saying anything. She's not. She's just sharing the dream. So let's I want to be clear. But she's saying Christmas. There was a Christmas celebration. She had no comfort being there. This says the bathrooms run out of toilet paper. That's commodities. They were saying that they can't get their prescriptions. Supply chain shut down. Another was just in a car accident on her way there and her daughter died. I think that goes to show chaos and death happening at that time. Others said they couldn't because there was no gas. Well, maybe there won't be. I don't know. The people had just small amounts of food. They couldn't feed everyone. That goes to show food shortages, terrifying food shortage. This was a Christmas party. Christmas parties are, if you go to any, I've been to some. And what is it? It's a cornucopia of food. There's more food than anybody can eat. There's no worry about toilet paper. There's no people coming, you know, there's no all these things that are happening. People aren't saying my prescriptions, I can't get my prescriptions. So they were together. They were trying to do the Christmas thing, but there was no joy. There was no party. There was no fun. Everybody went into a panic. Everybody was fleeing to get home because there was a little bit of time left and they wanted to go home because there was a little time left. Does that speak to you? Because it sure speaks to me. I, I heard another woman say, uh, she put out this video on um, something. Somebody sent it to me and and she said, I had this vision and I'm thinking she's meaning a dream. And she said, um, I was talking to my neighbor and she was saying to me, why are you always going to the store every day? You're always going to the store. Like, why are you doing that? And she said that she replied to the woman in her, her dream or vision. She said, because I, I'm just getting ready in case anything happens. And the woman was like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And she goes, you know, we just got to always be ready. So the scene changes where she's in her kitchen and she's making vegetable soup. And all of a sudden there's a knock at her door and she opens it. And there's a couple standing there and they're saying to her, you know, we just smelled something. What are you cooking? What are you making? And it smells so good. And she said, oh, I made some vegetable soup. And they're like, you know, we have no food. There's no food in the grocery stores. Would you mind if maybe we can have some? And so she said, sure. 
So she brought them, she said, so she went to the kitchen and when she came back with the soup bowls, there was another person at the door. And the person said, hey, um, I just smelled something coming from your house and it smelled so good. And she said, yeah, well, I just, I just made some soup. Well, I, I smell, I have no food. I've got nothing at home and there's no food in the store. So she's, they said, can you spare a bowl? Same thing. She goes to the kitchen. By the time she gets back, now there's more people at her door. And so she did the same thing with the, with the third, uh, you know, whoever it was, two people, one person. So when she got back the third time, now there's this big, long line. But she said, one thing in my dream is as long as I was giving out that soup, the soup didn't end. Now, this is what I want to say to you guys today. What is coming is going to be the fight of our life. And it's a spiritual fight. And I want to direct your attention to a spiritual fight. Now, this spiritual fight um, has been fought low key with all of us through our lives. We've learned how to deflect the wicked one. We've learned how to stand our ground when the enemy comes in like a flood and then we the holy spirit comes in and raises up a restraint a standard against him those of us who have fought not everybody is a fighter but if you've been alive this long and born again this this long you have fought for something haven't you okay so that was all built up for now because what is coming is a powerful i believe the absolute most powerful spiritual battle we are going to fight unto the end and you want to know what having read the word and some experience time little bit experiences i have that it's prepped me for this time you know i mentioned that they raised our rent exorbitantly and i was kind of like oh my gosh how are we going to do this I was outside talking to the people of our apartment complex and everybody's like, how are we going to do this? There was a couple, few, three old people in their seventies and their sixties, um, were 60 years old. Um, there's young people and none of them, a couple of them say they know the Lord, but they never talk about the Lord. He's never brought up, but I believe that a time is coming that we are going to have to stand for our lives. But let me also say this. Jesus has been warning for a long time. God has been warning for over 2,000 years. And I'm talking about the church body. That's a long time. You want to talk about a grace period? 2,000 years of his written word telling you what's coming. The modern day believer doesn't want to talk about prophecy. They think everything will be just fine. It is the straight up second Peter chapter three, where it says in the last days, they gather up teachers uh, who speak to them having itching ears. They don't they they don't want to hear anymore about anything. They just want it to be their way. But you see, Jesus has a program. God has a program he's going to keep. And he's only going to warn so long. And. Through the years, we see in the Old Testament, God warned Israel from the beginning before when they got on the other side, when they crossed through the Red Sea, he began to warn them right away. He warned them all the way through for the 40 years, warned them all the way through, you know, 
going in, crossing the Jordan, going on to the other side, claiming their land allotments until one day he said, we're done. He said in Hosea and other places like in Jeremiah, he said, I'm done. You're an adulteress. You have gone after other lovers. I'm done warning. And now I'm writing a, a bill of divorcement to you. But we do know that he will write a new covenant with them and write his laws in their heart. And that will be at the end of the seven-year tribulation, the Battle of Armageddon, and at the commencement of the thousand-year millennial reign. But what I want to talk about is there comes a point where God's done warning. You know, it's, and I want to read this here because it's very important. I want to give scripture. I want to give solid foundational scripture. And it means more to you and me now. It has to be. It says in Romans chapter one, starting at 17, it says, or 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. <clears throat> because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness. He says he gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. So we see three times, and it may even be four now, but he says he gave them up to vile affections. He gave them up to a reprobate mind. He gave them up to do those things that are not convenient. He said they knew, they knew, they knew. They saw, they knew, they understood. They're without excuse. And there must come a time where he says, you're done. Now, God does that. Now, I want to talk about for just a brief minute, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Now, only the Holy Spirit knows who's blaspheming him to the point where they, he, their person will have no forgiveness, not in this lifetime and neither, not in this world and neither in the world to come. There's something a person does that crosses the line and the Holy Spirit, he is the one who determines whether that man or woman has crossed a line that enraged him to the point where he says, you're done. Now, none of us can know. 
Now there is blasphemy. Paul said, for I was a blasphemer, a perjurer and injurious. But I did these things in innocently, not know he didn't in ignorance and in innocence. I, he didn't know. But he said the great mercy was given unto him. So, but there is a blasphemy that is not forgiven. You know what it is? The ultimate rejection of the witness of the Holy Spirit, who is the witness bearer of Jesus Christ. See, in the Old Testament, the Old Testament people told Moses, they said to him, the church in the wilderness, they said, we don't want to hear him talk to us anymore. We can't take another minute of it. But you go ahead and you talk to him and whatever he says, you just tell us. That was the first rejection of God, the father. And then what happens next? He sends his son. And then they reject the son. They reject now the Holy Spirit. Now there's nothing left. So in other words, if you're living loose right now, and this isn't to bring startlement. Look at, I'm too old for that. And I'm doing this because I love you. And I feel that God has put this in my heart as your sister in Jesus Christ, that there's, there's like a command from him that what is coming is going to be the fight of your lives. But you have to understand that when you see that this fight is worked out already in us by the Holy Spirit and through the word of God and by the word of God and from the word of God, then we're going to stand in prayer. You know, it goes on to say, it says, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, he gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. In other words, he seals them in their sin. You want to go that way? You know what it says in Genesis chapter six, verse three, he says, it says in the word Moses wrote, for God will not always strive with men. But you know what I say? I believe God in a sense has been striving with us all these thousands of years. How much longer? What is it going to take? I believe God is going to do the numbering. He is the one. And let me show you why. Because it goes on. You can read it. You can read the rest from 29 to 32. And it goes on a list of all the things that people are filled with. And wasn't the earth filled with violence? That's what it says in Genesis chapter 6. It says, for the whole world was filled with violence and wickedness. And all their thoughts were in them continually were wicked. And isn't that where we are now? It goes on the very last verse, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do that. That's the ultimate depravity of mankind. That's the ultimate depravity. I just read about COP27, a climate initiative conference that's happening in um, Shalom, Shalom, something, I, I'm going to try and say it. But the very place in Egypt where the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea and 200 representatives from 200 nations are meeting there. And I believe it's in the middle of the month. I think it's something like 15, 16, something like that. And what they're going to do is they're going to meet there in this beautiful resort. It's a UN uh, uh, conference. And what they're going to do during that week, at some point on a certain day, I will even give you 
the link down below and it's about climate change and so what they're doing is they're all going to go to mount sinai and all of them are going to climb up to mount sinai where they're going to initiate a brand new set of 10 commandments where it is the worshiping of the creation rather than the creator isn't that interesting you see satan is filled with wrath look let me say this we see him already mass murdering everybody because he is and that big v look what it's doing look at look at the wipeout every single day every single day thousands and thousands of people are dying hor horrifically injured from it and ruined and now the little ones they're going to be forced to have that as part of their of their v schedule it's going to wipe out people so let me keep going you know it says in revelation that woe unto you earth and sea for the devil hath gone down unto you for he is filled with great wrath for he knoweth that his time is short. You know, there's two kinds of wrath. There's thymos wrath and there's orge wrath. And thymos wrath is passionate. It is full of wrath, tantrum, rage, outbursts of passion. It's emotional. It's out of control. You know, when you've seen somebody, they see red and now they're gone crazy. Crimes of passion. He's going to go out of his mind like that. That is still on its way. Now, the Lord has thymos wrath too. That it's 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 an intense emotion. It's a breathing violently. It's passion-driven behavior. It's in, it's intensified, and it comes out and it comes out with a personal venting of a rage. But this flaw is completely absent of the Lord when He expresses His intense anger. So Thymos is used of God's perfect holy wrath in Revelation 14, 10, verse 19, chapter 15, and verse 1. So this hot anger is directed against sin with intense opposition and without sin. So he has a Thymos wrath, but it's controlled. So he is passionate. He's the wrath of the Lamb. Do you understand that? See, Satan has an out-of-control wrath where he is killing wholesale he is causing all kinds of epidemics and death of animals and in the sea. And look, what about the billion crabs that are missing in the Bering Sea and the Atlantic Sea North? A billion crabs have disappeared over the last two years. There's no more crab fishing. There's an industry that's going to go down hard. But you see, God has a wrath, the wrath of the Lamb. God has a judgment. It says justice and judgment are the foundation of his throne. And if anything is a foundation for his throne, he also knows who's his. His throne has an inscription on that. But that means he also knows who isn't his. That's what it says. Second Timothy chapter two. Verse 19, the throne of God standeth sure upon this foundation, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Jesus Christ depart from iniquity. 
look, we're down at the point where God's like, I'm going to do it myself. And let me show you what I mean. See, okay um so in revelation 22 the last let the this is jesus this is what this is what it comes down to okay in revelation 22 it says i'm just going to read the last parts where it says and he saith unto me an angel was speaking to john seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book for the time is at hand he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. In other words, um, hold on. Hold on to that righteousness. Hold on to that holiness. Because at the very end, he makes two sides. It comes to a point where there's no nothing left to worship to warn them from warning i believe is pretty much come to an end now i believe the people of our nation the 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 christianized the christ identifiers many millions of people they'll go to church they'll hear a sermon they know how to sing they know how to clap but they have no idea what's coming because of a delusional reality that they live in a spiritual kind of carnival like delusional reality and cognitive dissonance and that may sound harsh but you want to know what i don't want to pull back today because this is getting real and this is not about a warm fuzzy feeling this is about wake up get real what's coming is going to demand you to stand for your house listen to what it says jeremiah 43 11 here's some three verses i'm going to give you where God says, that's it, 4311. And when he cometh, he shall smite the land of Egypt. Now this is prophetic. This is still future. This is a future word that will happen and I believe is coming. And when he cometh, he shall smite the land of Egypt and deliver. See, he's gonna be the one that delivers such as for death to death, and such as for captivity to captivity, and such as for the sword to the sword. Listen to what it says in Daniel 12, verse 10, future. Then said I, I will not feed you. That that dieth, let it die. And that that is to be cut off, let it be cut off. And let the rest eat every one the flesh of another. In the last one, 1 Corinthians 14, 38. Paul says, but if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. In other words, choose a side. Because you know what I believe? I believe that people that are truly regenerated by Jesus Christ, they're alive. They hear the sound of his voice. They are moved. You know, it says, for prophecy came not in old time by any man, any private interpretation, but holy men of old spake as they were moved by the holy spirit are you moved by the holy spirit can you ever even say that you've been moved by the holy spirit if you've ever been moved by the holy spirit you're going to want to start praying and asking god to begin to move you by his holy spirit because you see the enemy he's filled with thymos wrath 
that means, see, right now we're seeing it start to pick up. He knows what's coming. He knows what's ahead. Let me keep going. I was reading about um, Esther. I just finished the book the other day. Well, we know the story. Haman wanted to kill the Jews, a, 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 pro, a, a pogrom. He wanted to have a genocide of them. We know that she stood up for them and we know it went well. When she got permission from the king, it says here in Esther 8 through 11, it says, wherein the king granted the Jews, which were in every city to gather themselves together and to stand for their life, to destroy, to slay, and to cause to perish all the power of the people in province that would assault them, both little ones and women, and to take the spoil of them for prey. So they were given permission by the king. You have permission to go all out to save your family and even take a spoil of them for a prey. You could even have their stuff. And then in verse 9, 6, it says, but the other Jews that were in the king's provinces gathered themselves together and stood for their lives and had rest for their enemies and slew of their foes 75,000 but they laid not their hands on the prey. They were like, we don't want their stuff. And so they went on. <clears throat> they were restored. They had joy and gladness. You know what I believe? I believe that God is building up you and me and going through all of his people, just like he's numbering those for the sword to the sword, to death to the death. Ignorant, you want to stay ignorant, be ignorant. He's numbering them. He's going, he's sealing that. If he was doing that in Romans 1 and doing that in the days of old, I'm telling you, he's doing it now. And I don't know about you, and I'm not trying to lead some charge. There's only one that can lead a charge. His name is Jesus. And we are his people, just like those Jews in the provinces, 120 provinces of Ahasuerus in Persia. He said, you stand for your lives. And God gave them victory. Look, you know what I believe? Those dreams that my that my friend had and the woman had, there's so many dreams like that. I've had my own dreams and God has been warning me for a long time because this whole world is going into a heavy judgment. The transgression is heavy upon this world. And now we're past the point of no return. There are some people, they look at the stock market and they say, and they say, oh, well, look, uh, it's coming back. Uh, it rallied. We're doing good. It's like next day. Oh, no, look what happened. It's down 500 points. What do we do? You know what? See, we're looking at the fact that we are at the end. This is it. This is it. You know, I look at Isaiah 65, 12 through 14. It says, therefore, I will number you to the sword. And ye shall bow down to the slaughter, because when I called, you did not answer. When I spake, you did not hear, but did evil before mine eyes, and did choose that wherein I delighted not. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, my servants shall eat, but ye shall be hungry. Behold, my servants shall drink, but ye shall be thirsty. Behold, my servants shall rejoice, but ye shall be ashamed. Behold, my servants shall sing for joy of heart, but
but ye shall cry for sorrow of heart and shall howl for vexation of spirit. You know, it says also too, one last thing in Proverbs chapter one, verse 23 and 22. How long you simple ones will you love simplicity and you scorners delight in the scorning and fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but you have said it not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh, when your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. See, we're going, this is a spiritual battle in a material world. And you have to make that preeminent. You have to make that first. And let me say something. My prayers these days are not like the prayers like a month ago. They're not like the prayers six months ago. You know why? Because I'm understanding what's happening. I've been given insight from the Lord as much as you. And now I'm praying in advance into the future. And I'm building bulwarks, spiritual bulwarks around my children, my husband, about all that pertaineth unto us. And I'm ready to believe. And one last thing, and then I'm going to go. Let me leave you with this. Jesus says in Matthew 28, 18, he says, all power in heaven and earth hath been given unto me. I'm going to stop right there because you see. It's, it's, it's one thing to say, amen, all power, I believe all power has been given unto Christ in heaven, but it's a whole different thing. If I asked you this and be honest, do you believe he has all power on earth and to stand in that? See, that's all the difference. Because you see, the Satan is going to try and catch us up in our flesh, in our body, in our homes, in our fear, and our worries and notices in the mail. But you know what? We have to start praying now. You got to change the way you're praying now. Don't get caught up in, you know, kind of dribbly prayers. Look, I'm not making fun of your prayers. What you're praying, I'm sure, is, is important to you. But I'm trying to direct you to something you must be ready for and you want to be filled with that power of the holy spirit without limit you see god doesn't mind sharing his holy spirit he doesn't mind sharing the resources of this earth he doesn't mind sharing the goodness of the lord in the land of the living he doesn't mind sharing his beauty and his goodness and his mercy and his love he doesn't mind sharing anything with anybody but I'll tell you one thing he will not share 
he will never share his glory with another. And that is the God that's coming to judge and make war. Jesus Christ. Amen. It's getting high time for Jesus Christ to come and set up his millennial kingdom and cast Satan, binding him up with a chain. That angel coming down, binding him up with a chain and casting him into the abyss, the abyss, the abuso, the bottomless pit and sealing him up in there for a thousand years. You know what I want? I want the high praises of God. I love that. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the wicked to, uh, I think, gosh, I forgot the rest of them to, uh, execute the promises, something like that, that are given to them and all honor have all the saints. I don't know about you, but I want this for you. I want you to stand tall. I want you to be filled with power. I want you to be filled with glory. I want you to shine like the sun in the kingdom of your father. I want it to when you stand in your house and Satan tries to come in, you say to him, you're not coming in here in the name of the God, Jesus Christ, whom I serve, before whom I walk and whose I am and before whom I only bow. And the righteous that hold on to his righteousness shall grow stronger and stronger and the light shall shine upon all of your ways.